Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible? I love hearing that. Um, I love hearing that. We are ready for the Bible. I want to open up this morning with 1 Chronicles 21, verse 24. In 20, uh, verse 24, it says this, But King David replied to Arana, No, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice burnt offering that costs me nothing. I love that. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and uh, God, thank you for the opportunity. It's already a good day, Lord. Uh, we've come. We've been able to worship you. We'll continue to worship you. God, you're worthy of all of our worship. You're worthy of our, our voices lifted up. You're worthy of our hands lifted up. You're worthy of the dance. You're worthy of the praise. You're worthy of our adoration. You're worthy of it all, Lord. And we want to declare that we love you and we trust you. And we trust your word today and we ask, God, that you would speak to us. Lord, would you just write on the heart of every individual? And uh, we're ready to hear from you and from your word. And Lord, I pray for the empowerment the leading of your spirit, God, to share what's in your heart and your word today. And um, we love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I know that some of y'all are just excited because the fast is over. <laughs> and uh, I hope that the fast was really life-giving, whether you gave up something like social media or a meal or, or you know, whatever it was, and uh, that it really ministered to you. And uh, I you know, I know for me, you know, on the days where my flesh was just like, I don't like this. I told my flesh, good, it's working. <laughs> That's exactly uh, what it is supposed to be, what, what it is supposed to do. And, uh, you know, if you had an opportunity to write down something, maybe that God has shown you or something that God did during your fast, make sure that you kind of capture that and let it set the stage for this year. I don't know where I heard it today. It might have been in one of the prayers or something like that um, today in pre-service prayer this morning. But I love the concept of, you know, 2024 is a blank slate, and we have a lot of opportunity to write on it. Amen? And uh, I love that we have, there are things that we cannot control, but then there are things that we can do, right? And there, we have a pen in our hand about, you know, what we want to write about this year, or what we want this year to be about. And um, I just want to encourage you to enter into that. Amen. Um, I want to share a scripture to you. We're going we're gonna to do a few Old Testament scriptures and then New Testament today. And I want to start with um, a verse, a couple of verses in Leviticus. And um, if you've read the whole Bible, when I say Leviticus, you go, yay. No. Um, a lot of times as believers, we, we can sometimes, we'll struggle with a book like Leviticus because it's all about sacrificial law and rules and things like that and kind of the minutiae. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift out, out a principle in Leviticus that we're going to build on through Scripture today. And it's in Leviticus 22, verse 17 through 19. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron and his sons and to all the Israelites and say to them, If any of you, whether an Israelite or a foreign residing in Israel, present a gift or a burnt offering to the Lord, either to fulfill a vow or as a free will offering. 
you must present a male without defect. Would you all say without defect? Without defect from the cattle, sheep, or goats, in order that it may be accepted on your behalf. You know, when you're reading through these, these rules and laws, and uh, there were lots of different types of sacrifices that the Israelites have, and many of them were on a schedule at certain times for certain purposes. Um, in this one, it talks about a burnt offering. It talks about a free will offering. And honestly, in the Old Testament, the free will offering is my favorite because it was this principle of after you've done the things that you are told you have to do, there is this opportunity to just give something that you want to give. You know what I'm talking about? And I think it was a neat opportunity in the Old Testament for it to not just be about rules, because the Old Testament had that covenant of the law, right? There were so many rules to follow. And, um, and this idea of a free will offering was kind of a beautiful thing because it was like the thing from their heart. But there's this, this stipulation um, that in this, it says, to give this offering, it had to be without deflect. And the reason the law, the law was written like this was because it, you, know, you didn't go out to your livestock and go, uh, son, daughter, find me the worst one in the pack. We're going to make a, uh, an offering to the Lord. Right? It wasn't, because otherwise it would be just be like, just find the least and give that so I can say that I gave. And I think it was probably really difficult to find an animal without defect. We've got... Um, an animal uh, doctor in the room, and we can ask them later, is it possible even to find an animal without defect? You know, But I think the principle was to give the very best that you had, right? And that is like what a real sacrifice is. But the reality is the Lord is worthy of our best. Amen? He is really worthy of the best of us and the best that we have to give of him. Um, I remember back in the day when we used to use cash. Y'all remember that? We used to use cash. One of my favorite things to do was get rid of the crunkly, ripped, messed up bills in my, in my wallet. I just, it didn't like it. It bothered me. And for me, like even change, like, oh man, the, it's a science to have the right amount of change in your hand. My pocket should never have two nickels in it. It should be a dime or it shouldn't be there, right? Like, that's kind of like the way that my brain thinks kind of thing. Like, there is a science to change. Some of y'all, I don't even care about change. I'm like, no, there's, there's a way to do it. And I think, you know, this concept of giving the Lord the very best. I remember there was a, um, a person who's gone on to be with the Lord. His principle was anytime there was a, an opportunistic time to give, he would always go in his wallet and give the biggest bill he had. He was a lawyer. And he was like, always gave the biggest bill. And I thought, I love that attitude and that spirit. Like, you know, I don't keep ones in my, in my wallet to give. I keep something bigger in there, you know, as an opportunity to give. Um, I want to take you to our next, uh, our next scripture in the Old Testament, and that's 1 Chronicles chapter 21. And I want to give you a little bit of background before we read the scripture part. In this scripture, King David in the Old Testament, he sinned against the Lord. And the way that he sinned was that he ordered his general, whose name was Joab, to count all the fighting men in Israel, which sounds just kind of like practical and normal. But Joab warned David and he said, do not do this sinful act. And the reason it was sinful was because David was trying to count his strength. 
it was kind of like trying to count his money, if you will. He was trying to figure out how strong are we. And in David's mind, the strength of Israel was coming from the strength of the army when the strength of Israel should have been the strength that they get from the Lord. Amen? And sometimes we can do that. We can look at things in our lives and account of things in our lives that make us feel safe right? If my bills are paid, I feel safe. If this is done, I feel safe. If I've got a good job, I feel safe. And there's a natural part of that, but ultimately, who is our provider and who is the one who keeps us safe? It's the Lord, right? And what David was doing was this, this error of putting his, his trust in the size of his arm. And they, they counted up. He had like over a million soldiers. And, and um, sure enough, the Lord comes to David and he says, what you've done is wrong and sinful. Um, you should not have done this. And so um, the Lord tells David, I'm going to punish you. And um, I'm actually going to give you three, uh, three options, which I think is very interesting that the Lord would come and give options, isn't it? It's an interesting interaction, right? Um, it's kind of like, you're not going to like any of them, right? It's like telling your kids, I'm, you can choose which discipline you want. And they're like, can I have the answer of none, right? Uh, one answer, one, one of the punishment options was three years of famine. The next option was three months of the enemies of Israel coming in and, and killing people. And the third one was three days of the sword of the Lord coming against the people of Israel. And David chose the three-day one, not because it was the shortest or it was the easiest, but he reasoned that maybe God would have mercy where he knew that his enemies would not have mercy. And, so, and, and David recognized in the midst of this that his sin was bringing punishment on the whole nation. So he's just absolutely gutted about this. And so he chooses option three. And sure enough, he cries out to the Lord. He's like, Lord, have some mercy on, on us. Again, this is in 1 Chronicles 21. And the Lord says, okay, I'm going to have mercy on you. It wasn't no punishment, but he lessened it. And he gave David, David this order. He said, David, I want you to go and prepare a sacrifice on the threshing floor of a man named Arana. And so David goes to Arana, and, and um, Arana meets David, and David says, listen, I need to make a sacrifice, like an altar on your threshing floor. The threshing floor was the place where they would thresh the wheat and that kind of thing. And God told him, make your altar there, burn a sacrifice there. And uh, when David um, approaches Arana, Arana is very willing. He's so willing, he offers to pay for it himself. And that's where we pick it up in 1 Chronicles 21, 23. Arana said to David, take it. Let my Lord, the king, do whatever pleases him. Look, I will give the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing sledges for the wood, and the wheat for the grain offer. I will give all of this. But King David replied to Arana, no, I insist on paying full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that cost me nothing. There is an irony here that David's sin that the people had no control over impacted everyone. And yet he goes to make this offering and someone else is willing to pay David's price for setting up the sacrifice. And David's at this revelation of, no, 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 like I need to pay for this. Like this needs 
to cost me something. David had this opportunity to take the easy way out, right? And he could have just let Arana supply everything and say, Lord, I've, I've done what you said, right? And Arana said, I will give, I'll give all of this, and it's paid for. And David's like, that's just good stewardship, right? Um, but no, David says, I insist on paying full price. I'm not going to give something that doesn't cost me something. Not to the Lord. I'm not going to give him something that is free, right? It's like re-gifting a gift card, right? It's like somebody gives you a gift card and you're like, oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Next year, it's in the, it's in the white elephant game at the family kind of thing. Like, ha, ha, ha. That's just good stewardship. That is not the kind of gift we give to the Lord, right? Now, and I got to tell you, I love free stuff. Free is my favorite four-letter word in the entire vocabulary of the planet. I just think it's amazing. But sometimes it's appropriate for something to cost us something. There's an irony here because when it comes to our um, receiving the new life that Christ has for us, receiving what it is to follow Jesus, we can't pay for it. We can't earn it. We can't be good enough. We receive by faith a gift of grace that he gives us. Amen? Like, this isn't about your salvation. This is about your devotion and your worship. It's very important that we keep those distinct, right? This also is not about, I want to earn more of dad's love. I want him to know he can really love me. You're trying to settle something that's already settled, right? This, what we're talking about is our day-to-day devotion and love to the Lord, and there are some things that it's, that it's okay uh, for it to cost us something. And our faith is worth making sacrifices. You know, um, many of you um, did the fast the last two weeks. If you did not do the fast, don't feel shame. Seriously. Don't feel like, well, I, I didn't really do anything or I, did, I failed that. Like, the purpose of a fast is not to shame you or bring you into condemnation. Amen? It needs to be life-giving. That's why last week I mentioned about not letting it become legalism, right? Not letting it become oppressive in your life but letting it be life-giving in your life is really, really important. But my God in heaven is worth some sacrifices, right? Today, I bet you had other options of how you could spend your time. Whether you're here right now, whether you're watching online, whether you're listening to a podcast, you have other options, amen? There is something in you that says, I want to take this time and give it to the Lord because this time and my energy and my worship is the Lord. He is worthy of it. Amen. I know that um, in my like, role as a pastor, I get these opportunities because our, for our church family to make some decisions about giving and missions in the missions realm, not, not without accountability around me and things like that. And we, we have missionaries that we support on a regular basis, but then we have like projects and things that come up and opportunities that we get to give. And I love that there's that attitude for us as a church, right? We're not just trying to house some amount of money. We are like trying to extend the kingdom and we have a lot of opportunities to give. And we do missions month and talk about all the missionaries that we're supporting and we're in relationship with them. And it's wonderful. But these are great opportunities to give. But I know in like my own personal life that there are times where I have to remember, you know what, I need to partition my opportunity as a representative of this house to let us give into situations versus me as a household 
and opportunities that my family has to give. You know what I'm talking about? Where there's these opportunities where it's like, like God, um, I feel like this is supposed to come out of my cash, like our money and our opportunity to give and things like that. And I, I think that it, that's an important thing for all of us because, you know, costing um, us something is something good. And I'm not just talking about finance. There, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of pivot in a little bit of, and not just talk about money. But I, really, but I think talking about these scriptures that have to do with financial sacrifice is really helpful because we understand what that means, cost of something. Amen? And costing of something is not necessarily based on our personal financial situation. One of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament about giving has to do with a widow. And I want to take you there in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 says this. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Now, I want, I want you to like play the movie in your head. You with me? Jesus is sitting in the temple and people are going to the treasury and Jesus is watching. Now, I bet people, they're not, not even realizing that Jesus is watching. He's just observing what is happening. You, you with me? Many rich people, and I kind of, I want to do the drama thing. You know, they're flowing robes and their entourage and, you know, many people, you know, they pull up in their Ferrari. I got to give to the Lord, right? They go in and they threw in their large amounts. This is the Mike Hennigan um, added to version. It says, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins. I love that. Two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling the disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now I know when you read this, you're probably reading this like, Give the woman her money back, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's part of me that wants to, like, just dig it, but like, like, all right, let me cover that. But if I covered that, it didn't cost her something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Just like, like such a beautiful picture. How could, how could such a poor woman give so much? Well, I'm here to tell you she had a heart condition. She had a heart condition that wanted to honor God. She had a heart condition that, that trusted the Lord. She had a heart condition that refused to be left out of the opportunity to give. Now, I, I want to I hit pause. As a pastor, I have to say, you need to be wise and led by the Holy Spirit with what you give. Right? If, you, you have, if you're in a really hard situation and you have $20 to your name and you go put $20 in the plate today because of the sermon, you need to do it because God told you, not me. Amen? Like there is a wisdom and a leading of the Holy Spirit and that kind of thing. I just like, I want to set that boundary. That is there for us to learn from, right, and grow from. But what I, what I love is that also it shows us that none of us are beyond the ability to give. Sometimes we think, Ability has to do with what we have, but actually it's a heart condition to give, right? And, and when we hold back, um, we withhold ourselves and we withhold our hearts. And again, it's, 
It's not really about the money, if that makes sense. There's a heart thing that I love that's attached to that story. But the, the money thing represented a heart thing. Does that make sense? By the way, I'm not going to end today by taking an offering. Some of y'all are like, I don't know if I like where this is going. The offering is already done. I'm teaching the Bible this morning. You okay with that? You know, I, I think about our volunteers at Victory. We have, like, some amazing volunteers here. Um, volunteers who serve with a great heart and a great attitude. And, um, and serving is a sacrifice, right? Sometimes it doesn't feel like a sacrifice, but it is a sacrifice. I think about our worship team who comes in on a Thursday night, all the work that they put into to the songs, right? And for them, this is not a gig. This is not a presentation. This is preparing a place to worship God, right? They come in early on a Sunday. Right now, they got it easy. For years, we were in two services, and, and they were here at, I don't know, 8 o'clock, before 8 o'clock, 7.30 in the morning. Y'all, some of y'all are like, whoa, on a Sunday? Yes, and they would play both services, and get out of here at 12.30, 1 o'clock. I mean, just, just amazing. But that's their sacrifice, not necessarily your sacrifice. right? And we're not in the comparison game here. But I want to encourage you that with your service, to serve as unto the Lord. In Colossians 3, it's talking about servants um, serving their masters, and it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. I love that principle, that it is the Lord that we are serving. I, I tell pastors when I'm encouraging them in their journey, I said, you, you know, um, we work for the Lord and we serve the people. We don't work for the people. We work for the Lord. And we serve the people, which is an interesting distinction, right? It's really unto the Lord. I love you. I love serving you. But I'm not here because I'm, I care about what, what you think and like I've got to have your approval. I'm here because I want to serve the Lord and I believe he called me to it. Do you, all, you got the, the distinction? We don't serve for acceptance. We serve because we've already been accepted. We don't serve to be loved. We serve because we're already loved. Right? We serve because we've experienced this God and we just want to give back to him. He's already given so much to us. And so, you know, in our, our kids' ministry, like we're not just like, you know, babysitting some kids. Our kids' ministry folks are imparting God's truth and love into these children. And that's an opportunity. Amen. Our folks who are greeting at the front door, you know, uh, they're not just welcoming people to the, to the house of the Lord. They're letting an ind individual know that your presence matter and we're gladder. We are so glad that you are here today and that we see you. Our worship team, you know, they're not playing a gig or, or having a performance, right? They are preparing an atmosphere for you and I to encounter God and to worship God. Our facilities team who are, you know, taking care of the building and things like that, they're not just like keeping up the lights on, right? They're helping steward God's property, right? Like keeping a standard of, of excellence and beauty for the house of God. And, you know, our family, um, one of our newer teams, our, our, our family meal team, um, you know, not just offering a few sandwiches after, after church, right? It's really this opportunity and I just smile every time I walk into the schoolhouse after church and I see people sitting around tables. 
and it's just having this simple lunch. I just love watching friendships being built. And some of those friendships are just getting, it's like the fabric of the friendship is just getting a little thicker, a little thicker, a little thicker, just with a simple sandwich and salad sitting around a meal. Amen? When I see kid, you know, kids out there playing after church when it's not 20 degrees below zero, and parents sitting around talking and going, so how are you handling this parent? Like just seeing them, you know, console one another. <laughs> My, my brain just takes these little little pictures, you know. This morning I was walking into um, I was walking into the schoolhouse for our Sunday school class, and uh, I saw the worship team up here um, practicing, and um, I saw Matt on one side, I saw his mother on the other side, and I saw John William running up and down the aisle playing. And my brain just took. I was going to grab my phone to take the the actual picture, but my brain just kind of took a picture, and I was like, God. That is so good. Such a beautiful picture. Um, I want to ask you today, what is, what is God calling you to give? And I, I'm not trying to fill in any blanks for you because the Holy Spirit leads us to give. Um, what is your, your heart saying? I, I want to give unto the Lord. Um, and I, I want to encourage you with that, give the Lord the best part. You know what I'm saying? Not, what le- not what's left over in your life, in your time, in your energy, but give him something from the very best part, right? Um, let it cost you something, right? Sometimes we avoid cost. I love avoiding cost. It's practically a hobby of mine. But when it comes to giving to the Lord, and I'm not talking just about money, y'all follow me? When it comes to giving myself to the Lord, I'm not just trying to figure out how quickly or how easily. There's something about it costing me something that is good. Amen? And you know, like when I was designing the fast and praying about the fast, I wasn't trying to figure out how easy I could make it. I was trying to figure out what's the right cost for this this fast in this season for me. Amen? And make, make your sacrifice, like make it to the Lord. Some of you are doing so much for the Lord. And I think it pleases God's heart. And, and I, I want to encourage you, in your doing, always remember the why. Right? Why I've been um, doing this Apple fitness thing. It's like torture in my own house. And um, it's wonderful. I like doing those class kind of things on my own. I don't like a lot of input. Elizabeth loves the group class. She goes and she does the group class. Everybody's doing Zumba together. She's asked me to Zumba with her. Somebody was like, heck no, I'm not Zumba. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. She's like, well, what about cardio strength? What about that? No, 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 no. I run and then I go work out on my lonesome. I don't want anyone around. So I've got my, a room in my house. I shut the door. And, I, and the, the, um, the instructor, you know, they're all like hyped up. They're like on four Starbucks and they don't breathe hard when they're working out. They're not human. They're not. And in the middle of it, he'll go, remember your why. You know, he's working you out. Remember your why. I just want to go, shut it. <laughs> Let me get this suffering over. But it did make me think, why am I doing this? Why am I subjecting myself to this? And I think, with your serving of the Lord, remembering your why. And it's not hard, right? Just the fact that he's worthy of it. 
Some of you are so wired for service, this is not hard for you at all. Because you, you eat, drink, and sleep, just serve. Like it's, it's part of who you are. It's actually like one of your spiritual gifts is just to serve, right? But in your, in your service and what you're doing, I just want to encourage you, remember your why. Remember your who, right? Who it's to and who it's for. Because um, there's something really precious and beautiful about that. And, and I think making it meaningful, making it excellent, making it holy, and when I say holy, I mean like separated and sacred for him, that, that this thing matters so much. Some of you don't mind serving in places where people see you. Others of you, you're like, I don't want anyone to see me kind of thing. And I think both are great. I, I think it's just great. But he's worthy of our service, worthy of what we give him. Amen? I want to I tell you today, maybe you're here today and, um, and you have not made that kind of commitment to the Lord where like you have given your life over to him. Um, I want to I, I share some really good news with you today. Um, God the Father gave his very best, and that was his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus, like, sacrificed his own life to pay for all of our sin, all of our shame, all of the things that hurt the heart of God and that are ungodly. Like, like God gave his very best for us before you and I could ever give him anything. And he loves you and really cares about you, cares about your life, the little things and the big things. And I want to tell you that there's promises in the Word that says he has a, um, a life for you and a plan for you, but what he won't do is force you to serve him. He wants you to receive him in, his, in your heart and, to, and to, to love him back because he already loves you. And maybe you're not ready for that. If you're not ready for that, just keep hanging around and just keep seeking God. He loves you. He's not trying to force you, but he does want to woo you, and he does want to win you. Some, some of us are there. We feel like the knocking on our heart. We feel that thing that says, like, I need to make a full-on, like, 100% decision for the Lord. And I want to encourage you, don't ignore that knock. Because if you ignore it long enough, you won't hear it anymore. Does that make sense? It won't mean that he doesn't care and won't knock but you might not hear it anymore. And I want to tell you, hearing the knock is a beautiful thing. And your job is to open the door, is what Scripture says. And when you open the door, He comes in. And I just want to encourage you to, to make that decision because He loves you. He gave His very best for you. And what He has for you is He has a sense of cleanness and newness, this new life for you. Um, but we come to Him and we say, God, forgive me of my sin. Let me have life in you. I just want to follow you, whatever that means. Amen. Um, if you're making a decision like that today, um, I would like you when we have our prayer team come up here in a moment to come in and, and pray with one of us. And we will pray with you to receive Jesus in your life. Um, also, like today, you might have something that you're walking through and you really need some prayer to need today. You need some encouragement today. Somebody just pray with you. There's something about having someone pray with you that is so encouragement. We got a whole team of folks who are ready to pray with you and pray through you today. So will you stand with me today? I'm going to invite our prayer team to come up. And um, I want to close this in prayer. And then 
When I'm done closing us in prayer, if you would like some prayer, just slip up here. Get with someone who will pray with you. Um, and just a reminder, um, our Discover class is today, right after service. We've got lunch. We're out of here about 3 o'clock. Tell you about the church. Learn about you and just how you can be connected. Amen? All right, let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you first because you gave us the very best. And um, we want to tell you today, Lord, that you are worth our very best. You're worth the best part of my heart. You're worth the best part of my time. You're worth the best part of my finance. You're worth the best part of my service. You're the, worth the best part of my th thoughts and my devotion. Lord, you are worth the best. And Lord, today, we just say that we love you. God, so many people in here, they're, they're serving you in so many ways in their lives. I just pray for them that their why, Lord God, uh, would just be so profound. That Lord, that it would bring a, a great motivation and, and freshness, not to just the serving you, but to the why I'm serving you, why I'm doing what I'm doing, Lord. God, there's some people, Lord, today that you're, you're calling them off the bench. You have things for them to do. You have things, uh, projects for them, service for them, things for them, Lord. Father, I, I just pray, Lord, that they would, they would see their place and feel welcome there and just be able to put their hand to the plow and let it bring glory and honor to you. God, I thank you, Lord, that we have different gifts and different callings and different abilities. And I thank you for the, the quilt, the fabric that that looks like. And uh, Lord, we just each bring you ourselves individually. And as we give ourselves to you, let there just be a beautiful tapestry, a beautiful picture uh, of your body, Lord, worshiping and honoring and serving you. And we say today, Lord, you indeed are worthy of it all. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.